Welcome to Islamabad Rock City, episode two. Uh, we've been gone for a while, but we're back. Uh, I am Ahmed Rasul, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Imran, from across the seas. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, Ahmed. Uh, how about you? Everything fine with you? Yeah, everything's fine, except the uh, sleep patterns are a bit messed up after the holiday, but uh, otherwise everything is good, man. Yeah, I think we were both, right now, we were both just got done watching a football match. Uh, obviously, Liverpool, Liverpool. It was a deadly match. You know, um, well, Liverpool were comfortably yeah. in the lead, but, you know, Hotspurs came back. So it was fun fun to watch a nice football match early in the morning with a cup of coffee. Well, I'm just happy that a Tottenham lost, so... Spurs, I hate you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a music podcast, but I had to get that in, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 I think, I think, so, you know, just to let everybody know that we're not just, you know, music geeks, we do have other things going on in our lives. Yeah, we're other geeks, too. <laughs> yeah, we're other geeks, too. True, true, true. So, Ahmed, um, why don't you start off, like, what are, what are we going to be talking about today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we're taking a little break from, uh, from the Pakistani rock scene, and we're diving right into hip-hop, and uh, two of the greatest, uh, Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur. Uh, yeah. who ruled in the in the 90s and uh, unfortunately both passed away too young but uh, we're going to talk about them today and uh, what they meant to us their you know their history their music etc so really excited about this one because uh, finally we get to uh, talk about hip-hop which is a mutual love uh, for both of us right and you know what and I just wanted to point out something that's really cool is that you were a fan of Tupac and I was a fan of Biggie Smalls. Yeah. So we kind of reversed the roles. You found five of your favorite songs from Biggie Smalls and I found five of my favorite songs from Tupac Shakur. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It was uh it was fun trying to like uh kinda of like diving back in you know, diving back into the music and the nineties and because it's it reminds me of a certain time as well, you know what I mean? Not just the the technicality of the song, but the, you know where you were when you heard mm-hmm. it, or certain time or culture. So it was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think for mine, um, you know, like what I discovered, I'll probably save it when I have to start talking about Tupac. But I think there's a lot to discover, especially I think uh, Tupac has a wealth of um, his art, his work. So you can go back mm-hmm. to each album and find great, fantastic songs. Yeah. Oh, um, he was, he was, you could see a meteoric rise of his career and his game as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, he had more time, right? So, um, that's one thing, unfortunately, that, um, we'll never know with Biggie, but, uh, he might have never hit his prime, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like, this was his earlier albums, and, you know, like, he still had, you know, I would say a good amount of three, four, five albums, you know, where he was still on top. Exactly, exactly. All right, um, so I guess you want to, I guess, why don't you start with what you, and I'm curious to hear what your favorite songs are. Yeah, 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 From sure. the Biggie, uh... All right, let's do this. Uh, so, uh... Biggie, so these are my five. Uh, so uh, first, I have Everyday Struggle. Uh, nice. Which nice, uh, nice. is it? Is it? I think it's the first song of the the first album, right? Or first or second yeah, song? Yeah, uh, which uh, is Ready yeah, to Die. Um, ready to Die. Yeah. And uh, that was the first song that kind of um, when I first heard him that uh, hit me the hardest. Um, I don't know why, it's just, uh, he was a great storyteller, ter- and, uh, I like songs where, uh, which are about, you know, struggle or desperation and stuff like that, and, uh, cause I've always find expressing that as difficult, so, yeah, I just thought, wow, man, this guy is like, really, I could really believe that this guy is in this struggle and going through this stuff, you know what I mean? So he was a really, really great storyteller. Ter- yeah, um, you know, and it's uh, again, it's uh, it's an element that we both don't see that much in hip hop now. But back when we were listening to it, um, you know, I mean, it was the same kind of stuff that Gangstar was talking about, yeah. or Nas, or even early JJZ. 
Um, and even going back to some of your favorite rap artists, you know, the, the boot camp click. So I, I, and that's something I appreciate about him. That was so New York about him in that sense. Oh, he was big time New York, right? He was like the king of New York, man, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so the next one I have is uh, One More Chance from the same album. Um, nice. This is more like I just find the flow is very fun. And uh, there's a little bit of comedy in there, too. You know. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of think it's yeah. like a fun song with a nice flow. And, yeah, uh, he has that ability, you know? Yeah, yeah. To make things fun. Yeah, he does. He and does. I think that... Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, how did you... Um, how did you feel, like, when he was... Did you feel like he was... He had a bit of, like, a, a lot of party anthems as well? Like, he knew how to really rock... Rock that element? Big time. Um... So apparently, uh, I don't know if this is a true or not, but uh, I remember reading a Tupac interview back in the back in the day, and uh, mm-hmm. Tupac and some others were always encouraging Biggie to rap more party stuff than uh, rather than hard stuff and mix it up. Um, and uh, I remember his first song, which is uh, not on any of these albums. Uh, oh, which I actually actually should have put in my top five. Thinking about it. Is party and BS. I don't know if you've uh, you remember that song, but um, that's a uh, yeah yeah. And uh, apparently that's the song that Tupac and uh, heard first, right? I think he heard it in a party or something, and he's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And uh, they got to know each other just because of his love of that song. But um, yeah, he could definitely um, you know it's a marketing thing too, like not a marketing thing, but it's like an audience thing, right? So if you um, just rap about gangster stuff you're only going to be rapping for males but if you rap about other stuff it's for everybody you know males females and you can play it in the club and parties so uh yeah definitely yeah he was uh he was uh very uh i guess like multi-talented in that way of crafting his rhymes yeah you know not only storytelling but party yeah exactly exactly basically stuff he was doing he was able to translate into music um, which brings me to the next one, which is also, you know, it's probably his biggest or second biggest single, whatever. Big Papa. Yeah. Which oh, I, that's a classic for me. That's the first time I ever heard of it. That's the first, yeah, I've heard his, his voice and I was like, ooh, <laughs> who's this guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the production on that was pretty good too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was really good production. I remember because... When I would, I would used to live in Florida at the time, and when that song came on, it was on my friend's mixtape that he created, you know, by just uh, taping when the radio, the song comes on. And he just put it in, and I remember just rolling, and I was like, man, this is a freaking beautiful song to roll with. This is so gorgeous. And it was, like, funny. It was, uh, you know, male bravado. How did you, uh, what was your first interaction? Where did you first hear it and how did you feel about it? Uh, I think it was uh, one of my friends, MD, actually. He's lent me the Rage to Die. And I used to make these mixes. So um, mm-hmm. I think I took uh, Everyday Struggle, One More Chance, and Big Papa off, off the album and put it into a mix. And I used to listen to Big Papa. But I, yeah, I just thought it was like, oh, it was kind of fresh, new, and fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, you could tell, like, he was kind of, like, didn't take himself that seriously, which I liked. Right. Right, right. Yeah. But it was cool, man. It was just like, oh, this is a nice... And it was different to everything else at that time. That was the main thing. Yeah. Uh, And another question. Do you remember that one song uh, by uh, Fresh Prince called uh, Summertime? Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) So, yeah, and I know this because it was your favorite jam, and um, and because you hyped that jam. You hyped that jam like No Tomorrow. I did. <laughs> like it was one of the best jams, best jams. Oh, man, and, I did. And the funny thing is that it's, it's yeah, it's very similar. Did you feel it was, like, very similar in that sense? Like It was, man. Like, now, now that you mention it, 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 yeah, it has that vibe. It has the same vibe, doesn't it? 
Yeah. yeah, that very slow, cool vibe. You're like, wow, this is nice, man. This is nice. Yeah. And you know what, Addy? Because, and you know, I mean, going back to your previous song that you like, you remember it was Biggie Smalls and um, um, I'm trying to remember her name. Like it's escaping my tongue now. Uh, uh, Faith Evans. Oh, Faith Evans that sang that song, right? Yeah, yeah. The previous, your previous hit. Yeah. And you remember it was like a R&B slash hip hop, R&B slash hip hop, which was like a clever, it was new, it was fresh at the time, I think. You know, like it, and it wasn't that new, I wouldn't say it was that new, but it's, it's so classic, you can never go wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, and after that you had all kinds of um, collaborations, like uh, remember Mariah Carey had the ODB in her video, and uh, other things yeah. started happening after that, you know, where like, you know, a rapper would get like a famous army singer to do their verse, uh, chorus, sorry, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, I think Bad Boy and Puffy uh, kind of started that whole thing or restarted it, you could say, or whatever. But yeah, yeah, definitely, man. They they came up yeah. with something fresh, you know. Yeah, that's uh, it's like that one song I forwarded to you that you missed, but I caught it, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate that I caught it. Was that Brian McKnight song with uh, Kobe Bryant? Why did you mention that song? It's like the worst <laughs> song ever, man. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to hear Kobe Bryant rapping, man. I want to see him play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so you had you had never seen it until like very no, recently, right? No, it was just yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I had I had I had purchased the uh, single because oh, I like that song so God. much. <laughs> I didn't know you purchased a single, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did purchase a single. It's only I think at that time it was only like five bucks. <laughs> okay. Or cheaper, three forty nine, three forty nine. All right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they definitely started that uh, you know slick slick rapping with the with yeah. the R and B stuff and the funky music in the back or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, the next one is probably uh, more, uh, arguably his best song. I think it is. It's Juicy. Um, yes. It's got the juicy. most memorable uh, verses, I think, uh, people remember, right? It was all a dream. I used to read yeah. Word Up magazine. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, what was it? Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Yeah, when I was that broke, I couldn't picture this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, at that time, you know, I mean, how many of your friends, how many, of, how many friends did you know that had both systems? Absolutely nobody. Nobody had both. Nowadays, we have both. Like yeah. a lot of people have multiple systems. Now, now, yeah, but right? at that time, it was like, especially as a kid, man, you're not working. It's you know, your parents are buying it for you, or you're saving up, or whatever. Yeah. You can only pick one, right? Yep. Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. So. Yeah. So this guy was like, he was young enough that he could relate to us. And at the same time, he was old enough and baller out of control status enough that he could buy both systems. <laughs> yeah. And that was such a great line. Like, oh, I get it. You can, yeah. get, you can get both and you're, you know. <laughs> yeah. He was talking about success in terms of children. Like, listen, I can do this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's you know, a very... Uh, I think that's his, like, um, most personal song that, hey, man, I was on the street, and now I'm this, you know, I'm coming up in the game, I'm, yeah. I'm this rapper, and I've changed my family's life, and it was, like, a very uh, funky song, but it was, like, a personal song, so that I think that's why it came across... Uh, it connected with more people, let's put it that way, you know. Yeah, it most definitely for me it it was just that you know like uh, um, you know like this rags to riches yeah rise that's, and that's like, what I was looking you know, for like a sexy beat mm -hmm. yeah yeah sexy beat and then plus he was playing Street Fighter on a big screen TV <laughs> by his pool <laughs> yeah man that was yeah yeah that like I remember I think there was only one guy I knew. And because he was very well off, who had a big screen TV and we could play Super Nintendo on that. Wow, man. 
I think I played no he had a Genesis I'm sorry he had a Genesis because I played Echo the Dolphin on it oh my god I remember Echo the Dolphin yeah yeah it was very cutting edge at the time yeah cool man so the next one for me was uh, I guess this is probably predictable but Hypnotize from oh, nice. uh, Live After Death um yeah, I mean, most people have heard this song. <laughs> I think it's probably internationally his biggest song, like that people still play to this day. Um, yeah. And uh, again, like a great, great production and uh, great rhyming. So um, I was quite interested that the uh, Vox uh, documentary about how rappers use syllables, etc., um, mm -hmm. had this song in it and they kind of broke it down. And uh, I was like, wow, technically he is amazing in this song, you know? Yeah. I was like, whoa, this guy is a primer. You know what I mean? Like, this guy isn't just party guy or, you know, famous rapper. Like, he can actually spit bars, man. Like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for me, like, when I listen to that song, every time, you know, and I always tell you, like, oh, my God, this thing blew my mind. And I'd come to you, and I'd be like, how did he do that? And there's, there's been a lot of times where I'd come and call you, and I'm like, yo, you got to check this out, man. Yes. This, is, I, this is too good. This is too good. Right, yeah. And sure. it's always that situation. And it's the same feeling I get when you listen to Hypnotize. It's like, wow, how did he, how did he think oh, that way? How did crazy. he get that out? Yeah, it's crazy. Because, um, yeah, like, because he has, like, short syllables, and then he has, like, long, like, it's, like, it's crazy, man. Like, if you, you know... The way he just rides the beat, it's just, uh, yeah. Technically, yeah. I think that's his best song. Technically, just like, okay, this is how you rap. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so those were my five. I had a special mention, which was Kick in the Door uh, from uh, oh, yeah. Life After Death, which was amazing. And again, a great uh, yep. example of rhyming. and Yeah, just, just a great song. You know, um, I was surprised you didn't mention the Bone Thugs and yeah. Biggie song. I did that for a reason. So I was that was going to be in there, but uh, I felt like uh, I only put songs where he's the solo uh, rapper. Because right. the Bone song has like three Bone guys in it, plus him. Um, but if, if it wasn't for that, if I was taking that criteria out, I would definitely put that as uh, in the top five. Right, right, right. But you know what? Here's here's the thing. Um, I would, and I'm going to add to this. You did mention, yes, this true, that he wasn't the star of the show. But when he started spitting rhymes on that particular song, he was keeping up with their flow. Yeah. Like, he was, you know. All the dangerous. He was, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't slowing himself down because his style is slow, right? Yeah. So he was keeping up with them. And that was the crazy part that blew my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, he's still maintaining his flow, but the pace, he's quick in the pace and he can yeah. still hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was versatility. Big time, big time. Amazing. Yeah, so for me, that's why I was like, oh, that's one of his greatest songs. Like he just, I can't believe how, how quick and how fast he is that he can figure out like, okay, I have to keep up with their pace. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. I just thought it was a great song, but now that you mention it, yeah, you're right. He kind of found a way to uh, make it work. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the all so, yeah. classic songs ever, man. Like, everyone knows yeah. that. You know, it's no secret. <laughs> but. Yeah. And you know what? Adding to it, because I know you've been listening to a lot of Drake these days. Yeah. If you, you know, like, um, there was a song that Drake did with um, Rick Ross, who, you know, he's, a lot of people have said that he's the modern day Biggie Smalls. Which I find sacrilegious, but oh, you know, okay. when I listen to him... I haven't heard a lot of him, but I know of him. Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, he's got, he literally, like, I don't want to, you know, I mean, he works hard at his work. I don't want to sound like a hater. I don't want to sound like someone that, you know, uh, oh, I don't like him for that. But he was smart enough to figure out, like, oh, this worked for Biggie, it can work for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well... So, you know, yeah. yeah. 
imitation is the greatest what is it the greatest flattery yeah form of flattery yeah yeah, it's the greatest form of fa- uh, flattery, yeah. and I think that's where he's at. You know, and there's funny thing is that he has Drake on one of his songs, and again, it's like it's it's a Rick Ross song, but Drake steals the show. Like it's one of those situations where you bring somebody on as a guest, and the guest rhymer just boom steals the show. Wow. Okay, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. Definitely worth a listen. I think it's. Uh, Might have heard it already, but uh, I don't remember. Possibly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I've I've gone through all this stuff uh, slowly, but um, I've been listening to um, yeah. uh, Scorpion the most, and then uh, Views, right. Views, and Scorpion. But yeah, I'll check that out. Cool. Uh, so let's. Uh, should we turn yeah, yeah. it over to you? So you've been uh, going through yeah, yeah. Mr. Shakur's uh, catalog. And, yeah, yeah, I uh, did. I did. Hopefully, and, Bad Life uh, and Outlaws you know too. But <laughs> if you got to it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got through most of the catalog. I like nice, s- nice. albums that I have only listened to once or never ever listened to, or like you know, most people think that All Eyes on Me is what you know, essential listening. But and I think when I talked about this before, I said no, no, no. Me against the world is essential listening. Yeah. That's like you know, he just tears it up, man. He just yeah, I've never seen somebody just get on the mic and tear it up like that. You know, he's like yeah. raw. He's so raw. Yeah. Like, well, he was in jail, just, man, and uh, it's his it's his magnum yeah. opus, as they say. Yeah, yeah. So going, you know, that was one of, my, and that was my first discovery. Discovery right off, like I'm like, yo, this is an album that I'm gonna keep listening to. Like every time I want to, like, yo, I just want to chill and listen to a good, good album. This is it. This is a good album. So, um. I'm going to start off with, um, you know, uh, how I interpreted these five songs that I got, that I liked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I think we were talking, uh, we haven't mentioned this, but with uh, the Notorious movie, have you seen it? I have, yeah. Yeah, so in that movie, Biggie talks about meeting Tupac for the first time. And what was struck to me was, he's like, you know, there was many sides of Tupac. At one end, you had, and I'm paraphrasing here, right? Yeah. So like at one end, you uh, you had a guy that was just like a gangster, and then you had another end where he's like a party guy, like he just liked going to parties, meeting girls, and stuff like that. Yeah. And on the other side, he was like a social activist, you know, talking about you know minority rights and this and that. And I was like, oh yeah, Tupac was very multifaceted in that way, that this guy had yeah. a lot of things going at once because he was so extremely. Like, I think he was an extremely passionate person. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. So taking that line, and that's a line that stuck to, to, through me ever since the movie came out. So for me, taking that line, I used that line to, like, interpret how I would want to see my top five songs. Okay. So mind you, these are songs and albums that I might have only heard once or twice, but um, I liked them so much, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. So... I'm going to put up um, my favorite song, uh, Two of America's Most Wanted. Oh, nice. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. yeah. Good. So um, I'm going to start off that it was just a gangster song. It was Radio Ray. Yeah, yeah. It was one of his, you know, to this day they play it on the radio. And it wasn't as big as the P- Tupac and um, Dr. Dre song, California Love. Yeah. But it, but it was just like, because if you like rhyme slayers, you're going to love this song. That song was gangster too, but this was just like pure rhymes. You know, these guys yeah, are just yeah. like picture perfect. I just... a perfect picture. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That one, that line was like the first time I heard it. I was like, oh my god, that is a gorgeous line. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous line. Yeah, like he just, you know, just did some wordplay, and it was so simple. It was yeah, he so uses uh, a lot of alliteration. You know, where you use um, the same letter in the two two words. You know, picture perfect or uh, whatever. Yeah. That kind of stuff. It works, though. It works. Yeah. And I would say that it was the most Biggie song out of all his entire, uh, you know, albums. Ah, okay. I can see. Oh, yeah. I very polished rhymes. Very yeah, polished yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes really deep. There's this one line I loved. He goes, uh, defeat is not my destiny. Release me to the streets and keep whatever is left of me. And that's exactly where we're at right now. Like he's gone, but whatever's left of his memories, 
we just hold on to it right now. That's all we got. Oh, yeah, it's very uh, poetic, man. Sad, too, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very poetic. He was so... He was, like... He was... You know, he... There was uh, depth to his rhymes. There was depth to his, uh, you know, style. You're like, yo, that's that's crazy, man. How did he think that way? That yeah. always gets me. That always gets a, me. And I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you finish your five, but I have a theory about that. But uh, but uh, yeah, just carry on. Sorry. Okay, sure. Okay, uh, so the next song I like was "Me Against the World." Uh, um, yeah, good choice. I always man. felt like yeah. Good choice. Yeah, from the <laughs> album "Me Against the World," right? Yeah, yeah. So I. Yeah, so I thought it was lyrically his best song. You know, um, the beats of it were like very of that time, like 90s beats. It sounds like a very 91, 92, 93 kind of song, yeah. you know? Um, and again, like, you know, you know, just these uh, rhymes that he would do, like, you know, can you picture me? Uh, can, you, can you picture my prophecy? Stress in the city, the cops is hot for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he was... You know, he was he was talking some like um, some really gang, just like street gangster stuff. And to, again, this is a song that doesn't get any radio play anymore at all. And um, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, like it wasn't it wasn't timeless. It was just a uh, it was I don't want to say timeless in the sense that it didn't. Tra and what you had mentioned earlier, it didn't transcend to men and women. It just transcended to. It was just a song for young men from yeah. that time. And rap fans. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, rap fans. Right, yeah. So in that sense, like, you know, when you're driving down the street, you want to hear some, like, gangster beats. You want to hear some fun stuff where you want to hear some popular stuff. And, you know, this makes, it's, it's lost in trans, it's lost in translation as in time and era. Unless, again, like you mentioned, you're, 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 you're a fan of rap. You're, you're a fan of, like, wordsmithery. Yeah. Yeah, if that is a for sure, for sure. All right, uh, again, next song, Young Niggas, straight from again from Me Against the World. So oh, again, yeah. this one where you okay. just yeah. like, pardon? yeah, I said that that's quite interesting. I wouldn't have uh, picked that myself, but uh, yeah, just uh, why did you pick that one? Did you just uh, like it, or is it more? To uh, it? Yeah. So you know, it was gangster stories in there. You know, his mm. uh, storytelling elements like Ella, Gangstar, and Nas. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It becomes a cautionary tale. And and I had forgotten, you know, like you, you had mentioned this was when he was in jail. So it's a cautionary tale. Um, you is, know, yeah. he talks in a way like, yeah. like, you don't hear it so much. It's like the thug life has its consequences, right? Yeah. Like, you know, man, it's not all gangbanging and you know drinking 40s and shit like that there's like real life consequences to this kind of stuff that could either lead to incarceration or death and you know and this this stuff goes to um you know socially conscious hip-hop that like you know he it, it predated you know whatever these other guys were doing at the time like uh um i want to say like um Talib Kweli and Mos Def. Mm, yeah. I want to, yeah. Um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the name of that? Uh, there's a song called Hip Hop. Oh, uh, Hip. Dead, Dead Press. Dead Press. Yeah, Dead Press. Yeah. Which, you got me, did, it was you that had a Dead Press song on a mixtape, man. Long time ago. Oh, really? I don't, I don't remember, man. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was from the album Set It Off. Oh, right. Yeah, I did. I had I had Set It Off. Well, yeah, and there was a Dead Press song in there. Oh, I don't remember that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I completely forgot. But I, yeah, I definitely had Set It Off. Because I used to love getting soundtracks, as you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there, there was a lot of gems. Like, there was yeah. a lot of like, garbage stuff on there, but there's some gems in a soundtrack. Yes, Jason's lyrics, Sunset Park, Above the Rim soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's some gems, man. There's Let's some go. beautiful stuff. Like, <laughs> especially, uh, there's a song that uh, that doesn't get hyped that much uh, from, um, uh, was it Before Sunset or... What's the name of that album, um, the movie? Jason's Lyric? I remember it. 
Uh, no, no, no. I remember the song. It was called Visual Sunset. And it was in uh, Mr. Holland's office. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have There's that one. There's a song but, called... Uh, who was it by? Oh, I thought you did. I thought I got that from no, no, that wasn't me. I it was just Sean. I think his name is Sean Merritt. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't have Mr. Holland. Okay. Office, okay. So. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's uh, one. I, I want to yeah. get it out because <laughs> I want to yeah. get it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so going back, he inspired that entire generation of rappers. You know, like, hey, this is this was like his a lot of his songs. It was like, hey, we could listen to these kind of you know socially conscious songs and um, and one of my favorite rhymes from that song is don't be another statistic out there doing nothing trying to maintain in this crazy game keep it real you know like that's that's pretty uh wow. you know like cautionary tale again you know like, hey, man, don't you know yeah don't don't do this you don't need to do this and uh finally in one of the songs you know one of the lyrics he goes you could be accountant not a dope dealer and i was like hey i'm an accountant <laughs> there you go man <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why it's your favorite song <laughs> in the top five yeah it's obviously you know you mentioned my profession so this is like separated by 30 <laughs> degrees not even five six degrees <laughs> six degrees of separation right okay yeah so uh cool man Okay. Um, the other song that I really like was "Keep Your Head Up." Oh Again, yeah, it was yeah. a socially conscious song. Yeah, yeah. very much uh, like uh, Brenda's Got a Baby and a couple of others he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has uh, some elements of uh, feminism in it. Mm. Now, I shouldn't say feminism in it, but you know, like, uh, hey man, uh, I think in terms of like male, you know, just the basic stuff that men need to do. So, yeah, you know, and encouraging women to, uh, you know, keep their head up, like you said. Yeah. 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 So, again, going back, you know, it's a a different side of Tupac. um, And this appeal, you know, really cemented his, you know, uh, his fan base amongst women and not just like women that just like. You know, like, yo, these are good party anthems. It's a good song. This, that, that, this. This was more like very strong women, you know, intelligent women. And he just got them to, like, connect to them. Like, hey, look, yeah. yo. Because uh, like, you can. he had the sensitivity. Yeah, he had the sensitivity. So, you know, he was he was different in that sense, right? Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite lines from that movie, from that movie from that song was uh, some say black of the berry the smart the sweeter the, the juice, juice right. i say the darker the flesh the darker the roots yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, Damn. that was a good line yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he went all out like it was some um you know some very uh afro black uh pro-feminism kind of uh rhyme and i was like oh he's he's oh he's so just like he's just on a different level man he was talking to some uh, a common, common kind of uh, rhymes, you know. So it was uh, very different, very uh, you know. And I used to, I remember my brother had this on a mix, so we would always play this song when we were driving. I remember this song. I was like, "Yo, this is a good song. I like this song." Yeah. That's so right. my final song, and like again, as you know, these are all the different sides of Tupac, and that's how I picked them. Like, yo, I gotta, you know bring that side of Tupac in and my favorite song and it's actually still one of my favorite songs is Changes by Tupac yeah um, now the time it came out it was like a big commercial hit big big commercial hit yeah and this is like and Changes is what I called a U2 song and what I mean by U2 song was this is a song that smart people conscientious people and I'm not saying the other group is not smart it's just they have a different taste in music so, you know, it appeals to them to that intellectual level. And then at the same time, it's like someone that just wants to have a good song, listen to a song with a positive message. So, yeah, you know what? That's a cool song. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's, yeah, it has for everybody. It, it reaches deep. everybody. And yeah. Yeah. This is like some, you know, Beatles level kind of stuff right there. So, oh, yeah. definitely. And this was a song, Changes. Yeah. So, really cool beat onto it. And, um, you know, this was a song because, you know, 
he wasn't a gangster. He was he was it showed his humanitarian elements to it. Yeah. You know, it showed his social activism in it. Uh, and and this is that you know like immediately after he died, two rappers became really big: DMX and Ja Rule. And they weren't imitating Tupac's style per se, but they were definitely imitating his spirit. For sure, yeah, and for sure. With felt, those both, yeah, DMX especially. Go on. DMX especially, I felt he yeah. was had kind of had the same spirit. Yeah. You know? But. Yeah. And they were, and they were kind of, and they were, the reason they were imitators and not, you know, they haven't risen to that next level, was they missed the point, you know, uh, of all this bravado. Yeah. But no humanity. Yeah, I mean that's what I wanted to get to um, after you've done with your five songs, where that comes from. Because um, I've, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Tupac Resurrection, the documentary. No, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, amazing documentary! Amazing. Uh, yeah. They actually use his books, yeah, I, I, uh from his old recordings, so it's him talking throughout the documentary, not other people, and then they just have interviews. Yeah with other people but it's got his voice narrating so it works really well and then Eminem did the production of the soundtrack um, nice, nice so overall it was a good uh, good project yeah and um, you know I think especially today's climate and political climate one of my favorite lyrics in that song is I see no changes all I see is racist faces yeah, this place yeah. it makes disgrace to racist yeah so, that was like so, so yeah. deep again you know very same. deep me you and know, Nabil's favorite that, part of that song, that line you just said. Yeah. yeah. And you know somebody that that, that that particularly no interest in going deep in, you know, just listening to a song. Like, yo, that's a cool flow. Just the flow of it. And you don't take the time to, like, study the lyric. And you don't have to. Because everybody enjoys it in different ways. Like, if you take, like, both parties can enjoy that lyric. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, that's one of the magic of his... Um, his style that it appealed to so many people. And then uh, the social side is what makes him, I think, uh, timeless. You know, he's kind of like, someone said he's like the new Bob Marley, like he's going to be remembered forever because of yeah. the social element. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, that brings me to a question. Have you seen Juice yet? <laughs> No, actually, I have not seen Juice. I will be purchasing it soon, just yeah. to watch it on my, uh, the re just to watch it on PlayStation. So. Oh, cool. So the reason I ask is because, um, I mean, this isn't just my theory, but it's been said by some of the members of Juice and some of his close friends was, as we know, Tupac uh, grew up as a Black Panther, was went to performing arts school. Uh, I think Jada Pinkett was one of his best friends in the performing arts school. So he did ballet, Shakespeare, acting, all that kind of stuff. And uh, his first album didn't do that well uh, commercially. Um, but then he played, uh, he got into the, this movie Juice, and he obviously wanted to be an actor or whatever. And the role he was playing was Bishop. So after he right. had so much success with that role, and that role, uh, the character, character of Bishop, I felt like that is Tupac. So after that uh, movie... When he starts rapping again, he's bringing that gangster type element into his music so he can get across to more of the youth. And it worked. So that's why I always yeah. mention Juice. Like, yeah, he was playing a character as acting, but he became the character. And which, unfortunately, he, be, you know, we say art imitates life, life imitates art. It took yeah, yeah. it too far and, you know, it caused in his demise. But, like, when you watch that movie, you can see him changing. Like, his music changes after that movie. He's like, oh, wow. this is what I need to do to get across to. Because all that, you know, um, he is a very intelligent guy. So I'm not saying he dumbed himself down. But he uh, had to kind of find a way to connect with all the youth. You know, not just the, uh, you know, socially conscious or smart kids. Uh, but then he he's still in touch with them too, because of uh, his background. So yeah, that's all I want to say. It's just a very uh, smart thing he did, you know, in terms of getting himself across to his fans. Yeah, he was again. You know, he was a very multifaceted kind of guy. You know, he was yeah. he was the Donald Glover before the Donald Glover. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, yeah. The more we say about Donald Glover, in my opinion, my humble opinion, the more we say about him, the less it is, man. This guy's like, what? You got to do? You got to be in a Star Wars movie? You make rap albums? And I think you watched yeah. Atlanta as well, right? You've seen Atlanta, right? I've seen the first episode. It's pretty good, but um, it's really, really good, man. Right. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, for us, it's like Riz Ahmed is like <laughs> maybe our poor man's version, but uh, you know, he he raps, he's in movies, same kind of thing. But um, but Donald Glover, I'm a big fan of, especially in Han Solo, which I saw recently. I thought, wow, this guy really. Was great, man, in his uh, role as Lando. Yeah, and and that's what Tupac was at the time. Like he's he's like you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know, it's just Tupac was like he was he was a man of the future. He was he was the modern. I want to say the modern Renaissance man. That's 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 exactly it. Renaissance man is probably the best best way to describe him and uh, probably how most of us should be right i think a lot of us just get caught yeah. up in uh, certain labels or certain you know bubbles and we can't get out yeah i think you know finding beauty in all forms of art you know regardless of you know what other people think of it is the most yeah Honestly, it's like the most—it's the highest echelon of love for art. Yeah, I mean, he liked John 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 Denver for God's sake. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, looking for that element, you know, uh, that's that's the most important thing. So I guess you know we both wrapped up. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, I I don't know, man. I just uh, I love Tupac. It's like. I just wish it could have continued on, but, uh, you know, life uh, works out how it does. And then Biggie, we uh, never got to see that really, you know, third, fourth, fifth album, which would have been really interesting. Um, we never got to see Tupac. Uh, you know, Tupac was kind of like, probably would have been where Will Smith eventually got to, according to most people's um, opinion. He was apparently being discussed for um, Independence Day. But it, it fell through or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's just sad. But uh, but at least the music is there, right? The music is there for us to listen to for the rest of our life. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so weird that you say it that way. Like, he could have been the rock. Yeah, I think he would have been better, man. I, I think, I, I wouldn't say Denzel, but I would say like, like, if you watch Juice, his acting is so perfect mm -hmm. in that movie. In the subsequent movies, he was still, like, a little unpolished because he was, like, playing like, different roles. But you yeah. can see the potential if you watch all his movies. Because this guy was, like, making movies in his early 20s, right? And he died at 25. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. That's the thing people forget. Because like, even the way he looks older, right? Because, I don't know, he just looked older. <laughs> but, like, imagine him yeah. at 35 or something like that, you know? Yeah, imagine that. Like, you know, he could have been he could have been in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, exactly. You know. Because, you know, the thing about Tupac was he wasn't... Like, like I'm, I'm, again, I'm not dissing Rock per se, right? Like, if Rock was... You know, if Rock tomorrow says, like, I want to make a Tarantino movie. I want to make a movie that's going to transcend my soul. You know? He knows his acting capabilities. He knows his limitations. Right, he would never do that. He would never go that route because he's also concerned about his fan base. He's like, I'm gonna alienate my fan base. I yeah. can't do that. He might not be but able Tupac, to as well, you know, acting. Yeah, exactly. And he has limitations. But Tupac was one of those guys. Like, I don't care who I alienate. Yeah, I'm gonna do something that's gonna just. I'm going to do. I'm gonna challenge myself as an artist. Yeah, like I remember uh, I watched uh, Gridlock recently, where he plays a cop. And considering what he's saying about cops and his music and stuff like that, you know, yeah. I, thought, I thought I was like, wow, man, this guy's actually, you know, pl playing a cop. And this is like 96, 97 after All Eyes on Me, where he's like the most 
biggest rapper in the world, gangster, whatever. And uh, yeah, I just thought, wow, man. And it was just like, it was a little like unpolished. Like he wasn't, he didn't get it 100% correct. But I was like, brave, man. Like this guy, you know, just playing a police officer is just the uh, opposite of what he is really, you know. Yeah. He just wanted that versatility. He wanted to be known as an actor, like take me serious as an actor. He would have been big. He would have been big. He would have been like, you know, because he was so socially conscious as well. He would have been something so different. He would have, you know, really been part of his culture forever. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, in the ending, you know, uh, we just, you know, as we were talking, like, last week I started, what are we currently listening to? So I just want to start off with you. I know you've been listening to some hip-hop. Give us a little uh, insight on what kind of albums you've been listening to. Yeah, so, uh, actually only hip-hop. So, uh, uh, I kind of started the journey with a lot of underground stuff, like uh, Bootcamp Click, um, mm-hmm. Gangstar, uh... MF Doom and all that. Um, yep. And then I kind of moved on to uh, uh, J. Cole and Drake, uh, kind of like what I call new rappers, even though they've been around for a few years. Right. Yeah. Um, and just trying to get into that. And uh, yeah, I've been having kind of fun with that too. Um, I started listening to uh, DJs uh, because, of you, because of you. <laughs> And uh, initially, I was like, continues. "Yeah, yeah." Initially, I was like, "What the hell?" But then I was like, "Oh, I get it." So, uh, yeah, just uh, make a little playlist and just go through them, like uh, DJ Shadow, Dan the Automator, DJ Crush, uh-huh. DJ Honda. Um, oh, also Run the Jewels, uh, all their albums. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, so it's been a very yeah. rap and DJ. Uh, kind of listening session last uh, I would say month or month and a half something like that yeah uh-huh. you know what now I'm gonna ask you like uh, now I'm curious because I want to hear your opinion on it and maybe you can share it next time what are your because you were on that route for uh, Run the Jewels I want to ask you like man will you because uh, you know one of the one of the rappers uh, what's his name uh, he's also a DJ uh, LP. So, yeah. Uh, with LP, LP had um, this trio, and they released only one album called Fantastic. By Fa- and the trio was called Fantastic Damage. Oh, okay. I didn't know about this. I didn't know, man. Yeah, only one album came out, 1993. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I listened to it. Like it's it's the beats are super hard, and you know it's. <laughs> It's wow! It's it's like listening to art punk, you know. It's just you're like, wow! I can't believe that's an album. How did he? What? <laughs> at one point, you're like, what is he doing? And at the other point, like, yo, that's pure genius. And then you're like, what? What point? You're like, yo, that's. So I want to see if you feel the same way. Like, you know, like he's doing something so left field that either it's absolutely crazy or yo, that's pure genius. Oh, okay, I'll check that out, man. I'll uh, I'll make a note of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah. I, uh, I, I went to a... Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention I one, to... one other thing. Go on, go um, on. I watched the Organized Noise documentary, so they're the producers behind Outkast uh, and that Atlanta, a lot of the Atlanta stuff. Uh, they also have an LP out uh, called... I think it's just called Organized Noise. Um seven songs but it's pretty good but yeah that's also on my uh, list at the moment but yeah sorry okay. going back to what you were saying no I was just gonna mention that how um, you know um, I, oh yeah I remember going to a concert of one of the jewels and um, actually it was a mosh pit man it was like a real mosh pit in the front and uh, you I know I was <laughs> I was right in front at the time I used to work out a lot yeah. So, you know, people were shoving, pushing. So I just put, like, I didn't push, push, but I just kind of slightly pushed. And I remember a line of guys going down. So <laughs> I was like, yo, 
either I'm not part of this geek crew anymore or I'm too rough. <laughs> you know, so... K9. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm one of those guys that doesn't come there for to the mosh pit to have a good time. I'm there to rough somebody up because I like roughing people up. This is why I always you know, That's what seated. I felt like. And I'm not that guy. Get seated... Uh... <laughs> tickets <laughs> but i think you're not that guy you want to be yeah. in the in the action right yeah yeah i want to be i want to interact like that particular show i want actually the seats were more expensive that's why i got the from low okay okay yeah yeah there's a apparently they, this this uh, run the jewels attracts a lot of old guys that just want to go out for a nice show sit down enjoy the show and have a bridge and go home yeah. So it has a cross appeal between guys that are like, I want to get on the dance floor and mess somebody up, and old man Rasul. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> but you're right, no, man. Just, I just, no, because, uh, I am that guy. Yeah. I just want to sit down, listen to the music, and yeah. go away. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because you know you're not, you're not top forty guy. Exactly. You're definitely not top forty guy. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's still some, yeah, because there's still some gangster left in you. Like, yo, I can't be, I can't be like, I'm still gangster, I'm still Rasul. <laughs> so that element of you is there because you're like, I would like to see these young lads in a good show. But there's also an element like, yo, I, I don't like crowds. I hate too many people. I just want to be this chill guy in the back. That's it. That's and go home. 100% accurate. You know, so yeah, that's why I say like, yeah, old man Rasul. So it's not, it's not per se that you're old and you're out of it. It's more like you're still in it, but your body isn't. Yeah, I'm kind of like one foot in, one foot out, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you're still in it, but you're not. You're like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Trust me, I'm the same way. Like I went to see Afghan wigs. I'm like, I think I'm just gonna sit, man. I'm, there's no way I'm going. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's um, yeah. And I remember I shouted to him like, "Fantastic damage! Fantastic damage!" <laughs> but he didn't give me any. He, he didn't recognize you know, your. Uh... <laughs> any, uh, yeah, yeah, he didn't recognize me because I think every city he goes to, somebody will scream out "Fantastic damage." I'm sure. Yeah, that hard. Yeah, fans always do that, right? Like the they want to show that they they actually know what they're talking about, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so for me, yeah, that's uh, not, not again. You know, like I was just curious. I was, I was curious, like if I could get his attention, and then he would be like, "Oh shit, that's an old song. Let me play something for you, or whatever have you." He's just, you know, he's in his. So I was hoping I'd be one of those guys that he'd get that attention. But I guess it's just me and ten other geeks sitting somewhere, going like, "Fantastic damage!" <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was uh, so I'm not the only one that discovered. But if you get a chance, just check it out, man. It's a very interesting, unique album. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've always liked it. Um, it's unfortunately, it's for me. It's not that type of album. Like I have to be in the mood for that kind of album. Yeah. No, that makes sense. There's a few albums like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, sometimes music is like that. You yeah. Know? You it's not a certain mood. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not easy listening, like putting on the Commodores. Yeah. This is like, oh, I'm in the mood today for Fantastic Even the sign, Fantastic Damage. The damage that's so amazing that it has to be called Fantastic Damage. <laughs> now I definitely need to check this out, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good, like I said, it's pretty good interest. And I would love to hear your opinion. Like, oh, what do you think of it? Do you think it's, uh, yeah. do you think there's the areas of, like, your know, pure craziness and pure genius, or you're like, it's an entire genius album? Uh, definitely, I'll, I'll let you know, man. And uh, I guess that brings me to what are you listening to uh, right now? Right now, um, and it's crazy because this is how it started. So um, a few days ago, I came home from work and I was going to wash dishes. I put on Guns N' Roses and I went back to the classics albums. You know, like nice. uh, Allusions to appetite like stuff i never bothered to listen to in the last three four five years oh some haven't? songs i haven't even heard like, oh yeah i've been to a lot of guns and roses i have not listened to a lot of guns and roses in a long time yeah so 
was like, wow, it's just, it's, you know, you go back to it, there's some songs, you're like, there's a, there's a rhythm guitar section I never heard in November Rain. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah you know, I yeah. heard it, and I just heard it now. So it's a multi-textural kind of album, especially Illusions 2 and Illusions 1. Um, so because of that, I started listening to, you know, I was like, I've never heard Slash's Snake Pit. I've always wanted to see see what it's all about. I started listening to it. And I asked you before, I'm like, what's your opinion? And you're like, ah, it's not that great. And um, maybe it's my expectations were so much lower that I put it on. <laughs> and um, I'm like, it's not that bad. It's okay. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call it groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, but is it like White Lion? No. It's way better. Yeah. Way better. Um, it really sounds like a very mediocre singer-songwriter with a phenomenal guitarist. That's Slash's problem, I think. Yeah. You know, um, And that's what it really, yeah, that's yeah. what it really sounds like. It just sounds like, oh, okay, you're not, you're not that great, man. You're kind of like, eh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. That's why uh, you always, always need a great singer and a great guitarist to join forces you know it most yeah. most of the time i mean i can't i don't know a lot of examples where the biggest bands in history didn't have that yeah and which leads me to like you know another thing that you and i both discussed was that not having you know duff mckagan in there also makes his music sound flat and what i mean by flat is you got these amazing solos in that album, but then the rest of the stuff, you know, like the accompanying music is just flat. And you need yeah. Duff in that. Izzy you know, also, because uh, Duff, yeah, before the bass, but Izzy had the rhythm, right? Rhythm guitar, so. Uh, yeah. And he was a good writer. He was a very good writer. He wrote, actually, uh, yeah. a lot of the famous GNR songs were his. He started them off and then the band finished them, but, you know, like Don't Cry and stuff like that. Yeah. Classic stuff, you know. Yeah, and you're right, you're right. So you could tell that he needed that, and then that was the element that he got in Velvet Revolver, you know? Um, yeah, to a point, but... <laughs> you know, again, yeah, you know, I, I know you're not a huge fan, and I'm like, wow, that's a great... Like, those are just... No, no, I'm, a, tunes, I'm definitely a fan. I, I definitely uh, enjoyed the music. I had the albums, you know, I used to play them. But I don't yeah. think it's like a great band. I think it's a very good band, yeah. you know? I think for me that's the most surprising thing because I know you're a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan. Yeah. Maybe my expectations were too high Temple. because of Stone Temple Pilots and Guns N' Roses. Probably, uh, yeah, you know, I probably wished that it was uh, Axl Rose or something, <laughs> you know, because uh, the group was called Velvet yeah. Revolver. Am I like, give me a break? You know what I mean? It had like three of the Guns yeah. N' Roses guys in it. It's like obviously they're it's Guns N' Roses their version, right? They might have called it uh, whatever Velvet Revolver or uh, yeah. You know, plastic gun, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and to me, it's always like I always think that deep down inside, Slash and Duff are like, we don't want these big ballads like November Rain. We don't want this, you know, operatic yeah. kind of element. You know, this Queen type music in our in our rock songs. We really want to do. Like appetite for destruction, hard and fast. Yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, they've said they've said as much when uh, Axel wanted to, after Illusions, he was talking about more of that kind of stuff because obviously Axel loves Queen and Elton John is his favorite, so. Yeah. So you can see, and they, that was the album they wanted to do with... Um, with him, but they got to do it with Scott, which, you know, again, you know, I mean, I'm not a big Stone Temple Pilots fan, but, you know, just the combination of both of them, like, wow, this is just a perfect marriage, you know? It's, yeah. it's, no, it was cool. It was it's cool. what Guns N' Roses, yeah. yeah. It's what Guns N' Roses could have been. So, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, so I did, I've been listening to Slash's Snake Pit. Um, I, and, you know, this is my, this is my whole thing with, with you know getting into this podcast and you know just riffing with you as as well about music is why don't and it's again maybe it connects me to my youth which was like you know what why don't we take chances i used to take so many chances as a kid 
you know, yeah, listening to music, which I loved about you. You took a lot of chances. You took more chances than me. You're uh, like, yeah. yo, let me go find that gem. Let me go. Not just music, to but that life, perfect song, the perfect beat. You got to do that in life too, not just music. It's, um, I think it's the only way to be, man. If you want to grow as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in that sense, in that spirit of that, that's why I went into like checking out Slash a Snake Pit. You know, just say, okay, what do I think of it? What do I, you know, yeah, yeah. What, what's my... Absolutely, it, absolutely. It yeah. doesn't cost me a dime to listen no. to these albums. Well, it actually does because I use iTunes. So <laughs> Spotify, uh, man. Oh, you, you know, might not be on Spotify. Yeah, so. Spotify or iTunes. Either, yeah. You know, either, either or. Yeah, yeah, true. And you're like, you know what? Let's just try, let's try what it means, what it does. Like, I... It's an album that was, like, at the time it was on my list, like, when I was 13 or 14, but then, you know, your music changes by the time you're 19 or 20, and that was probably the last thing I wanted to listen to at 19 or 20, because I'm like, ah, you know what, there's better stuff out there, without even listening to that first album. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. But at least you went uh, and uh, listened to it, which is, uh, you can uh, tick that off your list now, right? Yeah, I can take it off my list and just, you know, it's, 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 again, it's like, it's a journey, right? So it's not yeah. a, it's not just a, you, we're not just listening to this album. You're watching an artist grow. You're watching an artist, you know, try different things and see different things, you know, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. You know, I'm pretty sure that during that time slash was like, all right, let's see what, you know, which musician can work with my flow. And then he's like, you know what? It's best to go back to the classics. Me, Izzy, and um, Duff, and that's where I'm... Let's uh, just go back and do that. Yeah, Izzy wasn't in uh, Velvet, by the way. No, but you know... But, uh, in, in, I know you mean, I know what you mean. Yeah. He And he was requested, he was asked. Like, hey, yeah, he was asked for this. sure, yeah. I think he played a couple of songs with them, like, uh, live. Same. Yeah, yeah you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And he did the same thing with Axel as well. He played a couple of songs live. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. He didn't want to go tour with them. He's like, ah, no, I'm good. I don't want to tour with you. So for me, that, you know, just, and I was, you know, I'm a big, big Easy Stradlin fan. Me too. You know, he's a, he's kind of like a, the most uh, clear example. He's like a George Harrison. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Super uh, underrated, super underrated. Yeah. Super underrated, super amazing. You know, like, this is a guy that if you were given, if you gave him the proper tools, he was capable of making some really fantastic, brilliant stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Because, you know. Yeah. So, and then, you know, George Harrison, he, was, he didn't need tools. He was a freaking Beatle. So he just, he was like, oh, you know what? I'll just write this song. And then it's like a beautiful, anthemic song. Yeah. You're like, uh, but it, because he's a Beatle, you know, he can write that all day without, with size clothes. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's what I've been listening to, just going through like some of this old stuff, and um, I did sprinkle in a bit of, bit of EPMD in the middle, and um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what was the last one that I listened to that I was like, oh, you know what, these guys are pretty damn good. Um, it's uh, it's got Cool Keith in it. Cool Keith, uh, I don't know. Is that the one you sent me recently? The critical beatdown? Yeah, yeah, the critical beatdown. Uh. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Are you awake? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so uh, let me see what the name of the song was. I remember. Ultramagnetic MCs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So very interesting stuff again. You know, I mean, um, so I just, uh, stuff like, again, I've always, always wanted to listen to the Ultramagnetic MCs. And then, in the you know, I started listening to other stuff, couldn't get a hold of it. That's what I love about, like, having something like, uh, you know, Spotify or Apple Music, like how accessible music is now to Big everybody. Time. Big time. You know, like I, these, again, these were like, you know, albums, everyone's like, yo, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. You're like, yeah, I'll listen to it. Like somebody that's a big fan of music, they'll give you 10 albums. Like listen to all these 10 albums. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then 
in this situation with electromagnetic MCs, there's like a few hip hop heads that I knew. They're like, yo, check out electromagnetic MCs. Check out ultramagnetic MCs. So I just checked it out and I was like, wow, this is lives up to the hype. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, the critical beatdown is a classic, man. So Yeah. You were did you were you a fan of it? I I didn't know much about it, man, to be honest. I, I know critical beatdown just from the yeah, I just know it, you know what I mean? I've heard it before. But I, right. I have to be honest, I haven't gone into the Ultramagnetic MC's catalog and heard all their albums and stuff like that. Now. So no. Um, but I'll give it a shot, man. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Again, you know, like, uh, I think uh, being around you <laughs> makes me feel young. <laughs> you know, so I, I can't play off your young vibe, but I guess, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, and being around you makes me feel old. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean... I would go back and I'm like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's go check out that that thing again in your youth, where you're like, you know what? Let's check out something that can blow my mind. I want something to blow my mind today. The magic of music, right? Yeah, the magic of music, man. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so, so you want to wrap this up? Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess just before I wrap up, I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who listened to the first podcast and uh, your feedback is appreciated. Um, there was some really useful stuff. Uh, keep listening. Um, yeah, Imran, if you want to give any shout-outs, uh, now's the time. <laughs> um, to the two people that listened to me from my friends, thank you again. Um you know, it's. Uh, I hope that you know we can connect to all our friends. To uh, yeah, they're all music heads that we really do think they're music heads, and that they we want to see their perspective too. Yeah. So you know, yeah. pretty soon we'll be uh, you know guesting some of our friends. I have uh, I have friends Emma and I have mutual friends, and um, you know they like the idea of this, and they're like, hey, we want to we want to do this too. So. That's a, you know, that would, again, you know, bringing different perspectives, bringing in different ways of seeing our favorite songs in a different way is greatly appreciated as well. That's what I'm curious about. That's what I like listening to is like, you know, I love this thing. And that's, I want to see how Ahmed loves this thing. Exactly. And it's always fun. It's so much more fun because you're like, oh, there's so many layers of what I like in so many different ways. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, um... Yeah, once again, this is uh, Islamabad Rock City, episode two. Thank you for listening, Biggie and Tupac. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, look out for uh, the next one.